Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So this is another edition of the Heel to the Face podcast. I'm Jared. I'm Brandon. And this week, we're going to talk about a topic I mentioned last week when it comes to the brand extension. You may not even remember or realize that right now WDB has a brand extension. It's not really the talk of the town, and that's part of the purpose of me talking about it today. We'll talk that. We'll break a little deadline action for NXT this upcoming weekend and more as another edition of the Heel to the Face podcast begins right now. Fans celebrate with me. From Rome to Rochester. Bad luck to be my middle name. They might as well tag me up with my buddy from Syracuse. So this is another edition of the Heel to the Face podcast. Make sure to follow us on X at Heel to the Face. A uh, couple things we're going to talk about this week. Edge and Adam, Edge as Adam Copeland versus Christian on Dynamite this past week. Seth Rollins and Jey Uso in a pretty good main event on Monday Night Raw. And NXT deadline this upcoming weekend. But before we do that, I want to talk about a topic uh, that's kind of a little, it's unrelated, it's not in the news, it's not anything like that. It's pretty much kind of what I realized at Survivor Series, and that's why I mentioned it last week, and I wanted to make it a kind of a segment, and it's the, yeah. right, um, so, you know, current state of the WWE brand extension, right, we're used to the brand extension, it's come, it's gone, it's been around since 2002, and in my eyes, I think right now WWE is having the most successful version of the brand extension. And part of why, you know, this is a good time to bring it up, right? AEW, WWE and AEW, it seems like for the last couple of years and probably even more so recently with WWE being hotter and AEW having attendance issues is people talking about the rivalry between WWE and AEW and essentially the competition. So to bring you back to the origins of the brand extension, that's how it was created. WWE buys out both ECW and WCW and realizes it has no competition, so it creates competition within itself. The brand extension exists. They, it, it, it's good. They have brand-exclusive pay-per-views. They have Raw versus SmackDown at Survivor Series, all that kind of good stuff. It then goes away when it starts to get lame and people start to go from one show to the other. They start bringing the brands back together again. Then all of a sudden, you got all this influx of talent. The WWE Network, they bring it back. They all of a sudden have brand-exclusive pay-per-views again because not everyone's getting the time, what have you. We try it out. And the brand extension is something that's, in intensive purposes, you know, here to stay. And I think right now, the fact that, you know, people say WWE and AEW are competition, I think what makes it so that WWE, when they say things very callously, you know, like Triple H might say at a press conference where, um, you know, AEW, they don't look at them like competition. Partly because they have the brand extension going on within WWE, and they do have that own competition within WWE. So, you know, and also, and, and on top of that, you know, part of this brand extension, I think, is NXT right now. I think NXT um, was a brand under the black and gold. And I think even though it is more developmental now than it was under the black and gold, it is still its own brand. Uh, and we'll talk about that, obviously, later on in the show with NXT deadline this weekend. Um, but one thing I noticed at Survivor Series and the thing I want to, I guess, mention about this brand extension, and this is, Brandon, where I'll bring you in and, and give your opinion, right? So, obviously, Survivor Series, not Raw versus SmackDown this year. We haven't had any Raw versus SmackDown in the last couple of years for anything, which is another part of why I think this is the best version of the brand extension. But to me, I think this is the best version of the brand extension because this topic right now, out of the blue, out of nowhere, people are like, what are you talking about? Why are we talking the brand extension in the middle of December? And I think that's why this is the best version because Survivor Series this past year, without anybody realizing it until, until the show ended and I had to think about it, every one of those matches 
was brand exclusive, was wrestlers that only competed on those brands, and not one time in any of those matches did I think Gunther versus The Miz, did I think this is a Raw match. Not one time in the main event did I say, this is a Raw match, or last year that I think this is a SmackDown match. Obviously, the Women's War Games match, that was a SmackDown War Games match, and not one mention of any of the matches did we think of the brands in which they were involved? When we think of Seth Rollins and the championship, we don't think Raw. We don't think SmackDown with Roman Reigns, right? Am I wrong here in thinking because of that reason? That's why this brand extension is doing so well because WWE has never been stronger because they're doing the brand extension with matches and people without us actually physically thinking about which brands they're on. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think... That's that's the beauty of the whole thing right now is because right now you see, like you mentioned, you're going through the Survivor Series card. Nobody like I wasn't even thinking about it until you mentioned that. And like I was like, oh, they were just good matches. And it's like for me, like WWE isn't harping it up, like like hyping it up and saying, hey, you know, Raw versus, you know, this is going to be the Raw, you know, match of the night or SmackDown match tonight. It was just good quality matches. And I'll even do you more. Like we have all these debuts and these, you know, you know, you know, and CM Punk's back. You have Randy Orton back, you know, which you know that you got two two you know mega names in the wrestling business that are also back, and it's it's created some really good storylines since Survivor Series. For example, Randy Orton is now part of SmackDown now. Like that was like you like until that happened until like they were starting to negotiate. You know, between okay, where's CM Punk going and where is is Randy going? I almost forgot we were in a brand extension. We're like, all right, certain superstars are on Raw, certain superstars are on SmackDown. You almost forget because you're just like, you know what? You're just going through it, and you're just like, all right, it's gonna be some good matches tonight. Whether it's Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, it's just quality matches, quality content, promos, everything. Like the product is really good across the board right now. And you know what I, you know what I will say is, I like the fact that they're they're making stories out of it. Like Randy Orton, they drew it out just a little bit where he decides, oh, I'm going to go kick the crap out of Roman Reigns, which we know that's building up to a, a future match with Roman Reigns. So Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns for, for the championship, that's coming down the pike. I think that's pretty obvious. And then at this point, you know, CM Punk is going to be on, on Raw. So you're going to have, you're splitting up the two big debuts or the, you know, the, you know, the, you know, Randy Orton's been out for, you know, 18 months. So to me, it's almost like a debut because you almost forget about him for a while. So he's, he's re-debuting to the, you know, the wrestling fans to WWE and then CM Punk, his has been, you know, you know, like 10 years or so. So it's, it's cool that we get to run these storylines out. You get to see these debuts. One gets to go to one show. One gets to go to the other. And it's not like one show is better than the other because I think they're both pretty good. It's like it's like the old expression, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. It's really just good quality content right now. I, I will say I think SmackDown is the A show. I think SmackDown's better, but I don't think it's because of the talent on SmackDown. I think it's just presented better in a shorter format. We talked, obviously, about Raw being three hours and SmackDown being two hours. So I think SmackDown is, to my eyes, the better show because of Let that. But again – Here's, okay. here's my issue, though. Here's my issue, though. The reason why I don't put – I keep them pretty even is, like, Roman Reigns is, is always gone. Like, he's never around. Like, for Which me – Which makes it so that that's the thing, too. People talk about Roman Reigns not being gone, and that's not fair. But that that's kind of – I think WWE subtly has Roman as the SmackDown champion because it's the shorter show because it's easier to fill two hours without the champion there than it is Well, three. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it may, no, that makes sense. No, that that part I 100% agree with. I like the fact – and that's why I keep the scales even. I mean, yes, from a – from maybe, you know, like you said, from a standpoint of like it's a two-hour show versus three-hour show, you know, SmackDown being a shorter program, you know, maybe the aesthetics are a little bit better than Raw. But for me as a wrestling fan, and you know me, we've talked about this years and years ago, but like how Brock Lesnar was champion, he show up a few times a year and that was it. Like that's kind of where we're at with Roman Reigns. Like he doesn't show up as often anymore. I like the fact that when I get to watch Raw every week, I'm going to see the heavyweight champion and Seth Rollins on the show and just like we saw this past week, he put on the he put out he put the title on the line in a quality match. So for me, that's why it's like I like it because some weeks Raw is better, some weeks SmackDown is better. And that's not a bad thing because each week you know you're gonna get something really good. And I'll be honest with you, as as a as a wrestling fan, and as wrestling fans as you and I obviously are, to me right now. This is not a good time for AEW because you almost forget about how, you know, AEW because of how good Raw and SmackDown are. 
I think, too, with SmackDown, one thing that they have been doing that, you know, a lot of people obviously talk about Roman Reigns not being there and, and you know, they discount that and get upset about that. But one thing WWE has been doing, got to give them credit for, is they find the way to make SmackDown still have like the bigger, like, for example, Randy Orton, right? Either way, whatever brand he was going to sign to, he was still going to make an appearance on SmackDown. And yes, we, we can assume that CM Punk in the end is going to sign with Raw. But for now, because again, Roman and things like that, even though Roman might be there this week, uh, you're going to have an appearance by CM Punk on SmackDown. So they make sure that, you know, when anyone's a quote unquote free agent, they put them on SmackDown in the shorter show, give them that kind of, big spotlight even if they eventually end up going back you know right you gave Jey Uso the spotlight to main event Smackdown before then you ship him off to Raw so they they find ways to make Smackdown important and put big stars on them when they can if someone's like a free agent like a Brock Lesnar for the time being he's probably going to do more Smackdown appearances than he will Raw while he's a free agent until he picks one brand or the other kind of thing so they, they do make a way to make Smackdown feel big and important Obviously, it's a two-hour show. Like, good example, Logan Paul, right? He's on SmackDown. You didn't even realize it, right? Logan Paul's this big megastar. You don't even realize that he's a SmackDown-exclusive talent, right? Because he's just transcends, and he's on the posters. And when they do the posters, they just put all the wrestlers on them for like the pay-per-views. So you're not picking apart, well, Raw versus SmackDown people, right? But you don't realize it. Yeah, Logan Paul, he's not on Raw. He's a SmackDown exclusive guy. He has the US belt, which is a SmackDown belt, right? So I f think they find a way to make SmackDown feel big with the Logan Pauls of the world, you know, and still having a lot of the Bloodline storylines and stuff like that. So they, they, they do find a way to make it feel like a bigger show. And I think the women's division right now in SmackDown is probably better, right? You've got Charlotte and Bianca, you know, and Rhea Ripley's holding it down as her own, but I think some of the competition for her on Raw is a little lesser than, you know, it's like Nia Jax and, and uh, you know, Becky Lynch, which is really good, but, you know, that's about it. Um, but I, I just think because of those things, I, you know, it's because like what you said, when, when I mentioned you, you didn't even realize it, and that's what made me bring this up is because when I was watching Survivor Series, it kind of like clicked to me as like, well, why doesn't Gunther face this person? And then I go, oh, yeah, he's on Raw. I completely forget about that because the storylines with who he's going to face for the Intercontinental Championship seem so organic. They seem so not forced. And I think when you have these brand exclusive pay-per-views and when you have these brand exclusive announcers, and I know like Wade Barrett's on Raw and he used to be on SmackDown. We have kind of exclusive announcers, right? But Michael Cole's on both, right? And Barrett was on SmackDown, then he moved to Raw, but without it really feeling like a from SmackDown to Raw kind of shift, it just felt like they just switched it up kind of thing. Um, because of that, because the announcers, because you got Michael Cole on both, um, because the pay-per-views are a mix of everybody. You just feel like you want the matches on the pay-per-views that have the storylines to go with it. I remember, you know, like Becky Lynch versus Trish obviously wasn't on SummerSlam and people were wondering why it wasn't on SummerSlam and I'm getting pushed to payback the following month. Um, but they weren't thinking because it was like, oh, you had four Raw matches and, and four SmackDown matches. It wasn't. It was just because, well, hey, the storyline seems like it's it's there now. So. I think it's great that what they're doing right now is that any match on a pay-per-view is not trying to keep some sort of quota of Raw matches versus SmackDown matches. It's literally just if the storyline is there and the match is there, then you get it. Simple enough, right? So it, it's been really organically done, and I hope that WWE keeps this brand extension, you know, however into the future. I personally, now that we're doing it the way they're doing it, uh, and that's why they've been so successful, because it's a brand extension so subtly telling people, you know, remember years ago telling people that didn't watch wrestling about why they should care versus Raw versus SmackDown, or we're watching a pay-per-view and they're like, oh, where's John Cena? And I'm like, oh, this is a Raw-only pay-per-view. And they go, I don't know what that means, and I don't know why I care. And the fact that so many matches at those pay-per-views felt so so like so forced because you have to have seven matches on the raw only pay-per-view and you're sitting here going do we have seven stories on raw to have matches at a pay-per-view exactly so they were just like tyson tom coast and all this other crap they were filling in there and then we had the wild card where people were going back and forth for no reason because the stories weren't there and right now who's ever working on these shows is doing a good enough job 
And that is why I think, you know, AEW is is having a hard time competing with WWE because yeah. they've got three <laughs> brands. They've got NXT, they've got WWE, they've got Raw, and they got SmackDown. And essentially within themselves, they've got their own pay-per-views with, you know, NXT going on. And NXT is doing a good job of keeping things tight and short. They're not trying to put on three, four-hour pay-per-views with NXT. Um, they know, and they know it's a subpar kind of brand, but they're they're – they're doing okay with it. And NXT to me kind of feels like if you remember back in the day, remember the SmackDown pay-per-views? Remember how much they kind of sucked? Um, yeah. That, yeah. that reminds me of like the NXT pay-per-views. You <laughs> kind of wonder, is this really a pay-per-view? Um, but give it to NXT, good job. They're not doing pay-per-views every month with them. Um, they're doing them every so often. Well, speaking um, of the pay-per-views too, and I, you know, to kind of circle back just a little bit to, to Raw and SmackDown, the thing I like about what they're doing with the pay-per-views is, it's, and you mentioned it. It's not a Raw exclusive. It's not a SmackDown exclusive show. You're just getting quality matches from both brands, and they're not sitting here talking about it like, oh, we're going to have the Raw match. We're going to have the yeah. SmackDown match. It's just – it's organic. It's nice and fresh. Like it's – I think it's really good right now. I think the product is fantastic. There are so many stories that have yet to be told. Like, obviously, the CM Punk portion of it with Seth Rollins, that's going to be fun. Randy Orton and uh, and Roman Reigns, that's going to be fun. There's, I mean, uh, that's, I mean, there's other stories. I mean, LA Knight's, you know, going to be doing some great stuff. I'm sure. Like, it's, it's, there's, there's so much going on right now, and it's fun. And speaking of uh, stuff that's going on, what the heck is going on with Yeet? So Yeet is no longer uh, uh, you can they can't sell shirts with those uh, words Yeet on it. I don't know if you heard that, but uh, I mean I saw them at Raw this past week. Yeah, they uh, the, yeah you can't get them in WWE shop anymore. I guess they uh, they have to halt all sales of Yeet because uh, somebody uh, complained and uh, filed something. It was a trademark issue apparently. So yeah, I mean I, I I can understand that to an extent because I mean I'm out of it and it's definitely not a word that I will ever use in my own life. No. Um, I don't just because I mean if I'm I, I've had this discussion to many people. I, I'm already I've, – I've maxed out. Whatever I know, whatever I do, this is me for the rest of life. I'm not, like, learning new things because no. it doesn't interest me. I don't care to be cool. I don't care to follow what kids are doing because the thing about following what kids are doing, it goes nowhere because they grow out of it. So what's the point, right? We're smarter <laughs> than that. We don't have to – right? You know, we don't have to jump on board with that. That's not the wave of the future because it's not even what they'll be doing in two weeks. Um, so this whole yeet thing, I don't understand anything about it, but I did see it on shirts this past week. I did see them selling them at Monday Night Raw this past week, but I could definitely understand with what you're saying makes perfect sense because I did hear it through WWE, but I also did hear it in many other ways. So for them to essentially copyright in WWE, like a, a thing that's going on all over, you know, the world, right? It's very, you know. Well, dude, nowadays, nowadays, like, the word yeet is like, and again, we're two old guys here talking about it. I don't even know what it means. It's just, it's it's just like saying, yeah. I mean, it's literally like LA Knight saying, yeah. And essentially, you can put yeah on a shirt, I guess, but you can't essentially put something on a shirt like, yeah, if it's, like, uh, like, not affiliated with LA Knight. Like, I think Jey Uso just took it as everybody was saying it, but it's not his thing. It's not his catchphrase. Yeah. You smell what the Rock is cooking is the Rock's catchphrase. Uh, you know, saying awesome three sixteen. You know, yeah. Well, here's the yeah. thing. Speaking speaking of merch, I don't know if you've seen, but believe it or not, in Chicago of all places, Cody was crushing it on merchandise sales. I guess from one event, like it was like a monster sale. Like he's like Cody Rhodes right now is head and shoulders above everybody else in the WWE locker room with merchandise, which is which is pretty cool. I think CM Punk's going to do pretty well. Obviously, LA Knight's been doing well. We've heard that numerous times. It's a it's a great time to uh, sell merchandise in WWE because you know people are buying them and gobbling them up pretty quickly. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I kind of wish I would have bought one of those Yeet shirts from uh, from uh, Jay Uso because then it'd be high in demand because you have something that you can't get anymore from the shop. So I'm kind of regret now buying it just from. The sole fact that I probably could have made a bunch of more, much more money by putting put it on, on eBay iPhone. a few days later. Yes. Yep. So I, I, I agree. We all have those things in life. We, we regret getting at the time. Um, <laughs> when it comes to WWE merchandise, if I, I felt like this is old news, but it's re new news, right? So many years ago, WWE put out that they were no longer going to be selling physical media like DVDs and Blu-ray DVDs. Um, and if you go to WWE shop, they haven't in many, many years. But 
when I go to Walmart or a local store, they still make them. And I don't mean they make them. I think they stopped, I guess, making compilations, you know, the best of Bret Hart and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and the, you know, the, the rise and fall of ECW. Yeah, we haven't seen them and we haven't definitely seen WWE advertise uh, physical media since, you know, probably 10 years ago. But at Walmart, they still put out WrestleMania DVD, Elimination Chamber, whatever pay-per-view events still are on DVD, right? Without the best of just, you know, the pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been still producing them, I guess, without any sort of, you know, fanfare, right? It's not like I said, WWE isn't announcing that no. they've been making them. They've just been quietly making them. Yeah. But apparently now they have decided they will officially stop after this calendar year, 2023, making DVDs, whether, you know, very publicly or even privately, just still producing them for Walmart. They're just going to stop in general. It's over with. Uh, WrestleMania 40 ain't going to be on DVD or Blu-ray DVD next year. Um, so quickly, what is your take on WWE stop making DVDs? I get it. We all have like the WWE network, but you know, for a collector's sake, you know, for WrestleMania, whatever, you know, it's kind of a blow for those people. What do you think about that? To me, honestly, I almost forgot that they sold them at Walmart still. That's how often I've, I've ever bought in a DVD or anything like that. Oh, I definitely haven't bought one in 20 years. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's not something I miss. But, you know, you made that great point just before uh, just before I, uh, you know, I jumped in here where, yeah, there's a lot of people that collect things like that. And, you know, for the collectors out there, like, OK, like they may have the first, you know, 39 WrestleManias on DVD and now they can't get the 40th. So it's like I get that part of it. But, like, that's a very niche thing. And I feel like with the amount of money they would spend to put DVDs together, it's probably not worth the money for them to do it. I mean, as you, as you, as we were talking about in the pre-show, you know, they're, they're talking about doing some other things that are, are, are considered budget cuts, but yes. with the way they're, they're going to be scheduling re- now upcoming potential. Well, so Mark Shapiro brought up in a recent conference call with a, uh, with a media, uh, I think it was like a media conference call interview. You know, it wasn't, uh, you know, like the revenue kind of conference call we used to. It was more just like an interview style. Um, he works for TKO, and he was talking about WWE scaling back on house shows. He was talking about a lot of the positives that go with house shows um, and how they go to markets, you know, that uh, other places don't go. So I guess my thing when it comes to scaling back on house shows, a question I will bring to you, Brandon, is – when it comes to scaling back on house shows, should the house shows that they do have, should they be in markets in which don't ever get televised shows, like really only have house shows in the smallest markets, or should the smallest markets be the ones eliminated? Meaning you have, uh, you know, let's say Buffalo and Bangor, Maine, right? Buffalo is going to get a Monday Night Raw probably once a year. Bangor, Maine is only going to ever get a house show. Should Buffalo be the one that also gets the house show and the Raw and Bangor, Maine get nothing? Or should the house shows be exclusive to places like Bangor, Maine? So it's it's actually there's there's two ways to look at it. So as a, I'm going to I'm going to put my my cap on for two different ways. I'm going to put my wrestling fan cap on. So as a wrestling fan, I think it's good because like we live in Syracuse, New York. Syracuse doesn't get Raws or Smackdowns, not anymore. We, you know, not there hasn't been a show here, you know, for live television since I think David Arquette back in the day. So it's been a long, it's been a long time. So like to that point, yeah, I don't think Buffalo in that scenario should not not only get a live television product, but also a non-televised show. I think the non-televised shows should go to the Syracuse's, the Utica, New York's, you know, the different places around the country that are considered smaller markets. But I'll put my WWE corporate hat on. They, why would they want to go to smaller cities if they're not going to sell the place out that well, where they could go to bigger cities and make more money. So it's, to me, it's a money thing, but I will, I will, I'm going to throw a third scenario in here that maybe not a lot of people are thinking about. This is what I would do. If you if you're that you know if you're that concerned about doing you know like cutting back on house shows and maybe you're like you know what I don't want to go to Syracuse for you know for all these different house shows I want to maybe go to the bigger markets I say that how would the bigger markets with the house shows and maybe start going to maybe have NXT have like a pay per view in Syracuse you know places like across well, the, the pay per view this upcoming week is going to be in Bridgeport Connecticut so they're See? definitely not above that. 
No, that's what I mean. Like, do it like in a like for NXT. I feel like that's a, you know I look at it like think of it, and I know you're a big baseball guy. Like Syracuse doesn't have a professional, a major league baseball team. They have a professional baseball team, but it's AAA. And NXT is the minor leagues compared to the you know the Raw and SmackDown. So why not go to these medium sized markets? To have like an NXT. I mean, that's what NXT show. does. So NXT Vengeance Day is going to be in Clarksville, Tennessee. See? Um, and I don't even know. I mean, I'm pretty geographically sound here, but I don't really know anything well, about you've, Clarksville, you've been Tennessee. I've never been to Clarksville, Tennessee. I've been to Knoxville, and I've been to Nashville, and I've been to Memphis, right? Um, and I know of Chattanooga even, right? Um, yeah. But I'm not familiar with Clarksville at all. I don't know what college Probably is Probably a beautiful there. place. It's, I, don't, I don't know it either. I'm not an expert. I've actually never been to Tennessee. But, I, you know, from what I've, he- what I've heard about the, uh, the great state of Tennessee, there's a lot of beautiful, the Smoky Mountains. Like, it's just a, uh, my, maybe, my dad, my dad went there. My dad was, my dad was in the military, you know, back in the day. And he, he was down in Tennessee and spent some time there. And uh, he, he loved it down there. And, and uh, it's, it, you know, from what I've seen, like the scenic pictures you see online and videos and stuff, it looks like a beautiful place. I guess so. My thing when it comes to WWE going to small markets, right? WWE is unlike anything else. Maybe it's maybe like the Harlem Globetrotters or something like that. Um, but I think about, you know, like the big time concert tours, right? And I think about the brand and I'm wondering what is better for the brand. Like, let's use like, uh, you know, because they were recently in Bangor, Maine. I think this past weekend or the weekend before. Right. Um, and Bangor is not even, you know, Portland, Maine. It's definitely, you know, the small market within Maine. Um, so you go to places like this. You wonder if it's good or bad for the brand. WWE thinks it's good for the brand because you're going out into these places where WWE doesn't normally go. But I also think that if you go to these small markets, it might also hurt the brand a little bit um, because, let's be honest, if Taylor Swift was performing concerts in Utica, New York, and Syracuse, New York, and Binghamton, New York, and Albany, New York, and Watertown, New York, and Plattsburgh, New York, and Canton, New York, then do you think Taylor Swift would be the global phenomenon currently she is right what makes her this thing is because she's going to the major cities and people are traveling to the major cities and the major hubs to see her if taylor swift starts playing every county fair then taylor swift isn't this global thing and that's i guess part of what i think about i think about the idea that seth rollins and wrestlemania and roman reigns and and these big time stadiums that they sell out it is huge it's a big deal but i also think that the some people who aren't wrestling fans go why why do i need to think that wrestlemania is this huge thing if i can go to my county fairgrounds in you know uh hershey Oh, Pennsylvania. You got you just you just you just poked the bear in this one. I just thought of something. So like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to wrestling in just a second. So you are a baseball fan. So you, you know you you love minor league baseball. So like, okay, so you get to go to minor league baseball, but it's not the major leagues. Like that's that's how I'm like when you said that, I'm thinking about it that way. So for me, like, I'm gonna spin it back around to talk about wrestling. So like, as you know, you're, you've been well-traveled, you've been to independent shows all over the country and they go to a lot of these smaller areas. Like I've been to some independent shows literally locally in Auburn, New York of all places, which, you know, which, which is not a big area. So like to me, NXT is the equivalent of that for WWE. Like they're, they're like the WWE independent. If you think about it, like they're the developmental for WWE, they're few, they're potential, potential, Raw and SmackDown superstars. So for me, like if you're going to have indie shows and indie feds in like places like Auburn, New York of all places, to me, I think if you're going to take NXT on the road for television, I think that would be cool to bring them into like the Syracuse market, the Utica market. And then, you know, the random market you mentioned, uh, what is it, Clarksville, Tennessee, you know, places like that. Like that's what I that's what I think NXT should do if if WWE does in fact get rid of or I think the problem back though with that what you're talking about with like NXT, right? They're having trouble selling tickets outside of you know, they did it during the black and gold, but currently it is kind of a crapshoot. It's a little difficult because NXT is not the big star. And I think that's also a thing, too, when it comes to these house shows, no matter what market you're going to, if you think like, oh, OK, we can still go to Bangor, Maine. But you know what? We're not going to bring Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Well, then you're not going to sell great tickets in Bangor, Maine either way. You've got to bring 
the big time stars. But I just wonder if some of the cachet, because I mean, that's the, the thing with wrestling, right? You know, Tom Brady of the world, when he made it to the NFL, he wasn't playing football in every tiny little market. That's what made him a big deal. But Hulk Hogan, for example, was Hulk Hogan was wrestling in any little small town gymnasium. You'd see him at WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden. The next week you'd see him, you know, in Liberty, New York at the Liberty High School, or you'd see him up in Alex Bay. We talked about years ago that Alex Bay hosted a Monday Night Raw. And you kind of wonder to that extent what that does, if it helps the brand by expanding and having Macho Man Randy Savage main event uh, Monday Night Raw in Alexandria Bay, New York at a roller rink, or if it hurts the brand because people are like, well, you know, how is he a a Madison Square Garden attraction if he's also, you know, a county fairgrounds attraction. Like you can't be both. I would say one thing. I'm a fan of house shows, but the thing to me with WWE and house shows that I've always kind of disliked is the fact that they just are way too many of them. They do like we talk about the brand extension, right? We were talking about that on a previous segment. Well, WWE, because they have two different brands, they don't advertise it as Raw show, SmackDown show, but they're doing multiple house shows a night. They're doing not just a house, three house shows a weekend. They're doing – we're in Allentown on Saturday night, and we're in Utica on Saturday night. Like this upcoming Saturday, house show is in Utica, New York. I think there's another house show somewhere else, and NXT is hosting the pay-per-view. You know what I mean? So it's literally – uh, too much. I, I I think here's what you need to do, WWE. The best way to do it, the, the, like the most subtle way to limit the house shows, when it comes to TV, when it comes to house shows, you just put every city that you go to on the map, every city that you go to in a year, and you say, we are going to pick all of these cities one time per year. That's it. Buffalo once, Syracuse once, Albany once, Wilkes-Barre once. I went to Wilkes-Barre for two Raws this year and Albany for two Raws this year, right? Uh, you know, so that's like Buffalo's had multiple Raws. Like these are the things like I, I believe, you know, where was WrestleMania, right? It was just in Los Angeles, right? And the Crypto.com Arena. Well, guess what? They've already been back there. They're already going back there. Like, at, you know, WrestleMania next year is in Philadelphia. I promise you, even though they're having a huge weekend at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, by SummerSlam time, the go-home show for SummerSlam is going to be back in Philadelphia or something like that. So we just need to do where we're picking the cities and we're going one time a year, one time a year. And last year, Syracuse got one house show last March, and they announced in March, this is our only trip here. And this upcoming March, it appears they're getting another house show. That's great. One time per year, every single place you go. And maybe even better than that is you pick places to have TV, like meaning you don't just come to Buffalo every year for Raw. You don't just come to Syracuse every year for a house show. I think, and I don't know why, you know, like you talked about David Arquette was the last time Syracuse got a televised show. What if we diversified? What if Buffalo had Raw in 2023 and Syracuse had a house show? And then in 2024, Syracuse had a Raw and Buffalo had a house show. So not just we're doing once per year, but when Raw comes to Buffalo, it's going to, in 2025, it's going to be the first, or SmackDown maybe. SmackDown in Buffalo in 2025, they can advertise this is the first SmackDown in Buffalo in four years. I mean, that'd be crazy to say, right? And then you kind of diversify it so much so. I'm not even, you know, Portland, Maine, they've had a raw before. Why can't they have a raw again? And the fact that, like I said, throw every city out there, you go to every city one time per year, you switch up who gets TV and who doesn't get TV so that it's rare for everybody. And by the raw way, coming to Syracuse one time every four years, but hey, raw coming to Buffalo if, one time every four years. If they did that, if they came to Syracuse for a raw or SmackDown, and yes, I don't expect them to go to the Dome, which, you know, obviously seats 50,000. I would say they're going to go to the War Memorial here locally, which, you know, what's – well, I don't even know what the seating is on that. What is that, six, 7,000, give yeah, or take? Yeah, 6,000 for a, for a TV show, yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, I mean, but that would be a hot ticket because I feel like WWE's on fire right now, and I feel like that place would be so packed to the gills. And I well, think and that would be good too, for TV. You know, it, it, you, you might say, well, that sounds like a small arena, but I follow WWE tickets very well, and I know that no matter what size arena, like those are typical crowds. For example, this past week on Raw in Albany, the attendant, the, what they sold, they sold 7,100 tickets. Now, I don't mean they sold. I mean they put up for sale 7,100. Yeah. I think they sold around 69. So, I mean, the idea of, well, 6,000 for a Raw, that's actually pretty typical. Yeah. We, I, Wilkes-Barre's arena holds like – 
9,000 without the raw set. I think it can hold 6,800 or like 8,000 maybe with like the raw and SmackDown sets. And sometimes they only sell like 75 to 50% of that arena. So if like I went to a raw in Syracuse and there was only 4,000 people there, it wouldn't be the lowest attended raw I've ever been to. You know what I mean? So even if the arena wasn't sold out, it still would be like on par with some other places. They go to Toledo, Ohio. You know You're I mean? right, though, because like the size of the arena is not necessarily the biggest thing in the world. Like if you like you said, like we, we've been to shows, you've been to plenty of shows, too. And it's, you know, if you get like six thousand, like if you put six thousand in, in War Memorial, you're good. That's going to look great on TV because you're going to you could you could pan around the entire building. Yeah. And guess what? You're not going to see many empty seats. And that's what you want to show. Like it doesn't have to be a 30,000 seat arena or, you know, you know, or like a, a dome I mean, or most something. Most Raws and SmackDowns I go to, like the crowd is like around six thousand. Exactly. I mean, when I go to Buffalo, they curtain off the upper deck. They only sell the lower level stuff like that. Um, but I will say, you know, it's just weird how they pick what they pick. Like we, I mentioned about Wilkes-Barre. I've been there twice this year for televised shows. They had two televised shows last year. I've literally been to that arena like nine times for televised shows. But there's an arena in Allentown, Pennsylvania, the PPL Center, which is the same size arena, but actually much newer. I think it's only like six or seven years old as of right now. I've been to it for hockey. It's actually like a way nicer arena and Allentown and the Lehigh Valley area is actually a bigger area when it comes to population than Scranton Wilkes-Barre area, but yet they go there only for house shows. So I don't understand why a place like Wilkes-Barre is getting two televised shows a year while a place like Allentown and and Lehigh Valley has never had a televised show in an arena that I think is just as nice as nicer and just as big like, you know, Blue Cross Arena in Rochester, right? Every so often Smackdowns come through Rochester. They don't come through Syracuse. Why? Albany gets at least two or three SmackDowns a year or Raws, right? Syracuse gets none. Why? I don't know. I don't know why Worcester, Massachusetts gets Monday Night Raw, but Springfield, Massachusetts doesn't. It's stuff like that that I don't really understand. And I think, like I said, well, to kind of put a you know a, a bow well, on really this quick topic, though, Sy- Syracuse yeah. Syracuse has uh, almost 150 like in the in this area in Syracuse, New York, we're 150,000 people in the city in this area, and in the, in, the, in the surrounding area, isn't there like 150,000 people? No, it's more than that. That's not very good. If you, what, the number you're looking at isn't impressive. 150,000 is small. The, the surrounding area is 600,000, um, which well, is like the number you area would of, want to go off of. But in uh, the immediate area of Syracuse, like in the city, isn't it like 150,000, like right in the city of Syracuse? Correct. The, the downtown population is 150,000. But to be to be fair, that isn't a, a good number. I will say, actually, to be fair, the population of Albany is actually smaller um, than that of Syracuse. The difference is, though, again, the Albany area is like closer to like one million, you know, while the Syracuse area is 600,000. So Albany itself is tiny, but they have a lot of surrounding. Well, I mean, I guess my point is, though, with no, this it's big enough. It is definitely big enough. You know, yeah, we can not. get a raw smack on here yes. and we can, and get and, and fill fill 6,000 very easily. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. The 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 Wilkes the Scranton Wilkesbury area you know Lackawanna County area is almost similar to Onondaga County. That's so, what I mean. Yeah, there's really no reason why they get multiple televised shows a year and Syracuse gets none. So I think the, essentially the answer to this is less house shows overall. Don't be running two house shows a night. Just put your best roster forward and put it in one city on on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever. Right. We don't need to also be doing house shows in the sense of like when they come back from Saudi Arabia or, you know, England, you know, we don't need to be putting on house shows like ASAP. Right. We don't need if, if WrestleMania is going on. They're like, oh, we noticed this past week you were in England on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Well, as soon as you come back to America, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're back at it. Like we don't need that kind of stuff. They can have breaks around WrestleMania. Right. We don't have house shows WrestleMania weekend, partly because WrestleMania takes up the whole weekend. Yeah. So it's OK, you know, with like, for example, Survivor Series. After Survivor Series, there was a house show the next night in Moline, Illinois. That wasn't necessary. You know, that those kind of things are not necessary to eliminate those house shows first, eliminate the house shows the night after a pay-per-view, but before a raw, you know, if, if SummerSlam's in Las Vegas, right, we don't need, or, you know, for example, SummerSlam last year was in Detroit, Michigan, a Saturday night stadium show, big time weekend. We don't need a house show that next night before I've, you know, gotten out of town while the WWE Superstore is still open in Detroit and fans are still on vacation for SummerSlam in Detroit. The talent's already taken off for a show in Dayton, Ohio. We don't need that. 
That's what I'm saying. We can eliminate those kind of house shows. The house shows the night before a pay-per-view or the night after a pay-per-view or, you know, coming back from a foreign trip. And we can also eliminate house shows for cities in where we've just been there. We can eliminate house shows for the Barclays Center. You get enough TV shows a year there. We don't need you also going for non-TV events. It's stuff like that. So I'm fine with them eliminating house shows to condense the product because, to be honest with you, I think there's probably way too many house shows to begin with. So – I'm I'm fine with it from that perspective. I don't want to eliminate them. That's what brought Triple H to WWE. Triple H came to WWE solely on the fact that WCW was eliminating house shows and he felt he couldn't become a better wrestler. I get that. Um, but, you know, we don't need, you know, shows on top of shows on top of shows. I feel like WWE would hold a house show on Saturday morning of WrestleMania if they could kind of thing. It's the same idea we talk about, you know, SmackDown the night before WrestleMania could just be the Hall of Fame ceremony. You know, we don't need more matches and, and, you know, and, and one-on-one, you know, conflicts, you know, all the time. It's just, it's a lot. It's, it's probably more than really needed needs to be. Uh, but finish, you know, finishing up this week's show, uh, talking about, uh, you know, you know, things, uh, you know, we're just talking about house shows and stuff like that. AEW, they just announced a big Canada tour this upcoming year where obviously they don't have house shows, but they got Collision and stuff like that. Dynamite coming to Canada and all the cities that you can think of in Canada, AEW is coming to. Following two shows and where the attendance within Montreal for Collision and Dynamite, not so well. Collision is only available on an app in Canada. It is not on your weekly television. Should AEW be going to cities and bringing Collision to cities in which isn't on television in that city? Yeah, I think they should because because of that reason, because a lot of people aren't able to get it through the normal channels. So when you when they hear the announcement that it's coming to town, you're like, oh, sweet. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have whatever app it is because I'm not you know, I'm not familiar with all the Canadian stations uh, uh, you know, up there. Uh, up in the uh, north of us. North I think of the it's border. the TSN app or, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a sports net or whatever the hell it is. I, I know like there's different there's different like outlets. But the point is that it makes sense because you're you're getting a part of the audience where you're like, yeah, I, I don't have that app. So, yeah, like if you're, if you're coming to town, you know what? I don't have to worry about watching it and missing or not, you know, not being able to watch it and missing the show. I can just buy a ticket and go to the arena and watch the show. So that's that's the. I guess I think it's that's just difficult though because if you're not watching the show, then you're not like excited. Well, one of the things too, I mean, how many fans go to Monday Night Raw or SmackDown because they see it on TV and now they get to be there in person and they get to have their friends see them on TV. They bring a sign. But if it's something that you don't watch ever and you don't even know that it's on television, it's going to be difficult to promote it in your city. You know, it's literally like, hey, guess what? You know, Japanese league soccer is coming uh, to our town, uh, the the semifinals. And we're like, what is that? Clearly, we're not going to go. We don't even know what it is. We never even heard of it. And we don't get it's a big deal. It's on TV every week in Japan. Yeah, but it's not on TV here. So we don't know anything about it. Um, so for like collision, you know, you're not going to get a lot of fans bringing signs for their mom and dad to see them at home. Wow. Look, my son's on TV. He's in the front row because it's not on TV. You know, that kind of thing to this audience. Um, so it is kind of weird, you know, but it's also similar, um, to when I went to SmackDown, right in London and obviously it's on some sort of channel there clearly, right? SmackDown's on television there. I don't know what time I think it's on at two o'clock in the morning, but you know, they're playing the advertisements in the middle of SmackDown and they kept all the Fox things. It's very much, you know, and it's just funny that they did that because Fox isn't anything where I am or in London, you know, right. They have this commercial for the mass singer on at a commercial break of SmackDown. Like it's this Friday on, at eight on Fox. And I'm sitting here with people who clearly are from, a, they're like, I mean, I've heard of it because they're very Americanized. So a lot of them know what that is because they are wrestling fans, but they don't actually physically watch Fox. It's like you hearing about the Canadian football league or something like that. You know about it. You've heard about it, you know, stuff like that, but you physically, you know, if you saw an advertisement for it, you'd say for like, you know, this game of the week, you'd go, that's, I don't, I didn't know that was even happening. You know, like that kind of thing. You might only know about it because somebody you physically know is playing in it or something. So it's just weird. I'm there and they have like, we're going to go live on Fox in 30 seconds. And you're like in this country that doesn't have Fox, you know, like, yeah, and like I said, it's, it's it was, weird. it's, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. You know, like the, the, the billboards and, you know, some of the imagery, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff that there's, you know, has like the Fox logo on it, you know, and like I said, they're advertising the mass singer or game of the college football game of the week or something in a country that is like, well, we don't have that 
that station. We don't even know what this station is. Yeah. We watch SmackDown <laughs> on, on ITV or BT Sports or something. Um, so it is it is weird, but, you know, I, I guess it's just strange that they're doing that because of the – especially to the lack of success they just had in Montreal. Um, I think what AEW needs to do right now is they need to do similar to what we, we talk about you know, a lot of things. They go back and forth when it comes to arenas. Um, they'll have a small arena, then they'll go to a big arena. And in Montreal, right, in Laval, Canada, right outside of Montreal, they have the Bell Center, the Bell Place, which is uh, the AHL arena there. And I think for this past week's TV show, it would have been much more successful to go to Montreal and to go to that arena than it was to go to the Bell Center and have it half empty. Um, so it, it is kind of strange that they do that. It is kind of strange that, like, one week – like, for example, when they go back to Toronto – for TV show, they're going to go to the Coca-Cola Coliseum. Very good idea, right? Coca-Cola Coliseum, not Scotiabank Arena, not the big time arena you had the pay-per-view at, you know, because you're going for a dynamite, right? You're going to probably have a better chance of filling up an 8,000 seat arena than a 21,000 seat arena, right? When you go to, when you go to, you know, Chicago, right? It, you know, let's, let's hold off on the, on a United Center unless we're holding some huge pay-per-view event because WWE doesn't even go to United Center. So yeah, let's not have dynamite from, the United center. Let's go to the smaller arena, you know? So I will say that. So it is kind of a mix. If you look at their upcoming schedule, it's weird because they're going to like London, Ontario for a dynamite one week. Yep. yep makes sense. Small arena. Got it. But then they're going to, uh, you know, a 20,000 seat arena in Ottawa the next week. And you're like, all right, like, what are we doing here? And it brings us back to the WWE thing here. Like is dynamite a show that is a big time show that it should only be a big arenas or is it not? Because no. I, I'm not going to be excited if it's coming to Madison square garden, if it was in Par- you know, uh, Patterson, New Jersey the night before. So it's either big or not. You well, can't well, here's get the, excited here's, here's to watch the thing, minor league we, we, baseball in New York city. Dude, AEW, AEW to me, like, they should see how bad their attendance is. It's just a bad look across the board. Stop going to these big arenas. Like, go to smaller arenas. Go to, like, go to the War Memorial in Syracuse. Like, you know, that's 6,000. Like, you should be able to make that arena look halfway decent, even if you get 3,000 people. Like, it's not rocket science. Like, you can do that. Like, it's stop. Better, it's better to have a 6,000-seat arena have 4,000 people at it than it is to have at the Bell Center. I think they sold, yeah. like, 5,000 tickets in a 20,000-seat <laughs> arena. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's just, to me, it's the optics of it. Like, like, like WWE can go to, like, like right now, WWE can go to pretty much any arena, and they're going to sell – Probably three quarters of it right now because WWE is hot. AEW just doesn't, they have a hard time selling tickets. That's that's the issue. So what they need to do is sure you want to go to these bigger cities or at least decent sized cities. Like you know go go to their small arenas. Like like if you're gonna go to you know if you're gonna go to I don't know like uh, I mean you know AHL better than me. Like if you're going to what like Allentown or whatever, go to a small arena like that. Like you know or or you know you go to a, sm- a smaller Scranton Wilkesboro arena like you should be under 10,000 big feet. city when they go to a big city that doesn't mean they have to go to the big arena right you can go to New York City yeah. without going to Madison Square Garden right you can go to Boston without going to the TD Garden right you can do that kind of thing. They have other arenas. Well, that's right? the thing too. You have Montreal all has local. another arena. Well, you can go across the country. Like you can go to like Chicago, and there's like different there's different parts like Illinois, Chicago, or like there's these like Northern Illinois, like small arenas that like Chicago don't have like people. Five arenas in the city vicinity. That's like, what I mean. It's, like you can go to like you don't need to go to United Center. WWE has no. only been the United Center for television one time in 1994. You could go to like like Cleveland State or something, like all these smaller schools that have smaller arenas and sell it and sell it pretty good. I guess good the thing is that they, it, it's weird. It's weird because they do do that, but then they also mix in the other things. For example, when they went to Cleveland, I think most recently they went to the what is it's called like the Woolstein Center. It's in downtown Cleveland, and it's where uh, it's like on the campus of Cleveland State. It's not the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, right? So they went there. It's like a six thousand seat arena. Perfect. But then the following week, they go to, like I said, like this past week, they went to Montreal and they went for two shows in a 20,000 seat <laughs> arena each night. I think Collision, they said, got like 3,000 and Dynamite got like 5,000. It's like, not worth going. Like if you know what you're getting attendance wise, like like I, I just feel like you're wasting time and resources by going to these big arenas. Go to the go to if you want to go to the bigger cities. Go to the smaller arenas that are nearby in the suburbs, and just go to those places that maybe hold five to yeah. five to eight thousand seats. To me, it just doesn't make sense. Like if you're going to sell three thousand tickets, it's going to look pretty good if you're going to a five thousand, six thousand seat arena versus 
a 3,000 ticket sold on, like you said, like a 20,000 seat arena. The optics are just bad. And like people are showing videos, like there's videos all over the internet. Like people are going to these AEW shows and they're not doing it to be, you know, jerks. A lot of them. I mean, some probably are because some people are trolls. That's just how social media is. But there are generally good people that are going to the shows and saying, and they like, they, you know, they put their phone and like pan around and it's like, everything's blocked off. Like, that's not good. Like for a TV show, like, it's so funny because I remember, like, uh, when when uh, CM Punk came back, there was a running joke. He looked at the he looked at the uh, you know behind the camera, and, he's, and people were like, "Oh my God, it's the first time he's seen fans on that side of the arena in a long time." Like, and it's and he's not wrong. Like those people aren't wrong because AEW is not they're not putting enough people in the seats. WWE is putting people around the entire arena, so like CM Punk was able to look around the arena and be like. Oh man, like whoa, man! Look at all those people. Like, if he does that for AW, it's like you gotta look. To, you gotta look to the the side where the camera's going, uh, pointing to, not behind the camera because you're. It's all it's all blocked off. Well, well, we can talk about uh, next week. We'll see the update. But as of uh, recently, I think it was just a day or two ago. I looked next Friday night, Ring of Honor, right? The NXT of AEW, uh, their pay per view final battle from Garland, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Uh, tickets sold for that event as of just the other day, 996. Um, and that is now about six or seven days away. Um, and that's not a, that's not a one, that's not an impact 1000 seat arena. Like impact goes to like these arenas that literally fit like 500 people, right? That's not one of those. That 996 is an arena that fits like 6,000. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it up on that next week. See uh, if they can break the thousand mark for ring of honors pay-per-view next week. Um, but we'll talk about that next. What? In Garland, Texas? Uh, no. But I do. Oh, you're not, not going to fly down? You know, I, I figure you got some. You got some mileage on a credit card, right? Uh, not for a Ring of Honor pay per view. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess if the people in the Dallas Fort Worth area aren't going either, then uh, I'm probably not coming down. Yeah. No. But uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk. We'll see what they. Uh, any updates on that next week? And uh, next week we'll also talk what happened at NXT uh, Deadline. We didn't break it down this past week, but if anything good happens, we'll break it down after the show. Uh, so for Brandon, I'm Jared. This has been another edition of the Heel to the Face podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.